District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. I'm going to keep at it with having some state lawmakers. We spoke with Holly Rader of Missouri. Now we're going to go a little out west to talk to Arizona State Representative Kwongwin, who is going to likely be serving a second term, but he is a first-term lawmaker elected in 2020, and he serves in Arizona House of Representatives Legislative District 1. He has a very fascinating history, a very similar history to my family's anti-communist history, so he's going to talk about his story a little bit on the YouTube version, but you guys are going to hear a clip about him talking about efforts to secure and expand the Second Amendment in Arizona. Representative Wynn was actually National Shooting Sports Foundation Arizona Lawmaker of the Year. He got that award commendation last October. He is very, very much an avowed Second Amendment supporter. He is one of the top people in Arizona to advance gun legislation. Even though he is a fairly newer lawmaker, he's going to talk about his law. He's going to talk about his bill to codify PLACA, which is the immunity law, rather, that shields firearms and ammunition manufacturers from frivolous lawsuits. He's going to talk about Arizona's fishing offerings, which are plentiful, of course, and his qualms with electric buses. I think you guys will really enjoy Representative Wynn's perspective. I hope you connect with him. Follow him. We don't nearly cover enough state lawmakers in media, and I think we got to do a better job, those of us in positions of doing so. So I want to introduce you guys to lawmakers who are not federal lawmakers who are really doing impactful things in their state houses or their state senates. So my conversation with Representative Kwong Win, a good preview. Enjoy. Let me know what you guys think. What is the area that your district comprises for those who are familiar with Arizona geography? What what cities um, are found in your district? So the, uh, the the redistricting that happened this past year put all of Yavapai County together like it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So district legislative district one is all Yavapai County. When we talk about Yavapai County, we're talking about, you know, North Sedona, uh, Prescott, Prescott Valley. I should say Prescott, Prescott Valley, but you know, that's how we pronounce it. The Chino Valley mm-hmm. and all the way down to Black Canyon City, all the way north to Ash Fork. Um, it's about 8,300 square miles. It's a rural dis- district. And, uh, you know, it's got 250,000 people. That's, that's a legislative district right there. And I am so in love with Yavapai County. Why? You have so many military uh, retirees coming here to live. This is where they want to finish their, you know, career. Just being here in Yavapai County, it's uh, it's extremely red. Probably the reddest, if not the second, you know, just the second uh, county in uh, in all of Arizona. Um, second Amendment is a big, big deal here in Yavapai County, uh, and so. It was really natural for me to be, um, you know, running for this district. It's it's sort of like hand and gloves, you know. It's just just perfect. Um, a little bit about my Second Amendment background. 
in 2013 is when I joined the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association and started working really hard towards, and I don't want to say expanding the Second Amendment or protecting the Second Amendment. Reality is I have to reclaim what we've lost in terms of our Second Amendment. I mean, if you look every day, there's an attack on the Second Amendment almost daily. And so for me, it's, it's almost like I want to run out there and start grabbing some of these components and pull it back, <laughs> you know, and, and reclaim the Second Amendment. Um, so I got really involved there um, and I got myself certified as a coach, a rifle coach. I got myself certified as a CCW instructor. Um, I became state director for our junior rifle team. And then I became the junior coordinator for our rifle teams. Then two years ago, um, uh, they elected me as president of Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association. And I'm very proud of it because, you know, we only have so many of those presidents and now I get to be one. And all I want to do is continue to work really hard at protecting and reclaiming the Second Amendment. And what have been some kind of goals and accomplishments that the group has done uh, even before your presidency with the organization? And, and what do you hope to accomplish now? Because I know you guys are constitutional carry. You're one of the most friendly states to Second Amendment. But what are you hoping to accomplish in, in your role with the organization? Now? Well, I want to talk about the association goals real quickly. Mm -hmm. That is the number one goal that we have is education. Firearm safety education, it, it is our number one goal in the state association. Number two, we promote. Um, competition, especially at junior uh, age. And my philosophy, and I agree with the previous um, president, uh, President Noble Hathaway, he and I are still like best of friends. And I have to tell you, if you don't have junior shooting, you won't have senior shooting. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do. We go out and we encourage kids to go outside, fishing, shooting. And by the way, fishing is actually bigger than shooting for me. Everybody <laughs> thinks I'm a Second Amendment guy, so I must have a tank in the backyard and a couple of bazookas in my, my uh, you know, uh, drawers. But the reality is I, I love being outdoors. I love fishing. I love taking my kids out. And you want to know something? If you want to cure a lot of diseases for kids, take them out camping, take them out shooting, take them out fishing. Um, you're going to have a whole lot less problems, really, than, yeah. than sitting in front of the uh, video game, you know, at home. And so we're an outdoors family, so we're always out there, out and about. But, but that's the main goal of the association, is to promote competition and to teach firearm safety. That's it. Beyond, everything else is icing on the cake, but, but those are my two goals. That's very good. And you wanted to talk about some legislation you've been carrying. Is it to protect manufacturers from lawsuits, kind of like the PLCCA or something similar? Could you explain some of the legislation you're trying to carry? Yeah, yeah. And and this happens in a very interesting way. Um, I, I took office in 2021, January of 2021. Um, President Biden made it very clear that if there's anything that he would be able to, that he wants God to help him do, is to repeal PLACA, which is the federal statute to provide uh, liability protection to gun manufacturers. And, you know, he's got the House, he's got the Senate, he could do this. And so I immediately went to my staff and 
immediately talked about, hey, can we do a, a state version of Black Guy here in the state of Arizona? And at the time, it, it actually it was beyond the deadline to introduce new bills. So I have to go find somebody with a bill, a gun bill. And I found uh, Senator Wendy Rogers. I'm sure you're familiar with her name. Um, yes. <laughs> she had a uh, called Senate Bill 1382. And I came to her and I said, Senator Rogers, would you mind if I put a, an amendment on that? And she agreed. And the amendment basically is the identical version, the federal version of, uh, of PLACA. And now uh, it passed the House, it passed the Senate, Governor D.C. signed it. And so we actually put a pretty tight fence around the state of Arizona in terms of uh, not having frivolous lawsuits when it comes to a gun either illegally used or used in a commission of a crime. And you're not going to be able to sue uh, gun manufacturers, ammo, um, distributors, retailers. I mean, we're protected. And my job. To be down here is to protect jobs and to protect the industry. And it just happened to be the right industry that I love. And I think what people misinterpret about PLACA is that it offers like full-scale immunity. I've written extensively about it. It does not. Uh, it company, does. <laughs> they're like, oh, they're the, like Biden always claims it's the, it's the, the gun manufacturers are shielded the most. And I'm like, ah, oh, pharmaceutical companies have greater protections. There are other industries that enjoy far more immunity yeah. and privileges. All aviation companies were protected under Ronald Reagan, right? And so, but it doesn't protect them from a bad product. Mm -hmm. It only protects you, you know, sort of like being, you know, hit by a drunk driver in Sioux Ford, right? Similar analogy. Um, it doesn't protect all Ford cars. You know, basically, you know, if it's a, it's a faulty product, you still have to be... Uh, liable for those things. But in any way, I am very happy to be a part of that. And because of that effort, um, the uh, National Sports Shooting Foundation selected me as legislator of the year nationally. So, uh, you know, I'm very proud to be able to do whatever I can. And I'm going to I'm going to come back uh, after, you know, the general election in, in uh, November. And I already got five bills lined up. That's exciting. Yeah, you won re-election. Congratulations or primary, but it's assumed that you'll probably carry on to the general election as well. But congratulations on winning your primary battle. Yeah, it's a red district and the three people running against the, the state senator in the two house seats are all, you know, just crazy blue Democrats. <laughs> Can't wait to take away your guns and at the same time promote abortions. I mean, that's that's what they do. And so we don't expect Yavapai County to vote that way. Yeah, and I think they, they like your leadership. That's probably why they selected you again as the, the primary holder. So I, I don't think we're going to doubt the, the voters in your district about that. But let's talk about fishing again, since you alluded to it. And when I was in your state recently, I was covering public lands, and you probably have a lot of thoughts on those too. But specifically for fishing, you guys have some incredible like subspecies of trout. I think the Apache trout, what you showed me a picture of you catching it. Talk about why you love fishing so much in Arizona's offerings, because you guys have a lot of different fish that you can catch. Everyone thinks it's a yeah. desert, but it's not a desert, obviously. Entirely. You know, I, uh, I taught myself how to fly fish as a young man, uh, you know, high school, and uh, did a lot of fishing in the Sierras. You know, I was in California. I grew up in California. I went to high school in California. We go to Yosemite to go fly fish. I mean, can you imagine that? Um, <laughs> being there. 
and you know, in Yosemite, you'll find a place where you can catch nothing but brown trout. You know, the uh, I forgot the Bridal Veil Creek up in Yosemite, all brown trout. And then you go to the Merced River and you get nothing but rainbow trout. You know, and so I was kind of lost when we moved here um, because the company I was working for in Irvine actually relocated to Phoenix. And I came here and I was somewhat lost. And I started looking for places to go fishing. So I started out with some small lakes and you get nothing but bluegill. And occasionally you get a smallmouth bass. But amazingly, the fly rod is still applicable, you know. Uh, for little things like that. And later on, I started going to the, the northeastern side of Arizona where you can start catching the Apache trout. Um, and then recently, by the way, it was an accident. The the big uh, Gila trout that uh, you saw me holding, that's the size of my forearm. And it <laughs> came out of Oak Creek in uh, Sedona. And it was an accident that I stumbled into a section and my very first cast was, you know, this big giant trout. Um, so when you come back to Arizona, let me know. My daughter and I will probably walk you out there and guide you and make sure you catch a couple of those guys. And they're big. We do have a lot of species here. Um, you know, actually, I don't mind catching smallmouth on a, on a fly rod. It's so much fun. And to me, at the end of the day, um, you know, being out there fishing is a whole lot better than arguing with Democrats here at the house. <laughs> but it's hopefully friendly <laughs> banter. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Uh, it's uh, better than better. A bad day of fishing is better than a good day of work. They always right? say. I saw fish you caught. They're amazing, and the size is just huge. Yes. Yeah. No. Any size of fish, like for me, I've started to fly fish. I I think I started more seriously like five years ago, and I was reluctant because I thought it was very elitist. That it was kind of more like the preservationist, leftist, environmentalist kind of occupied the space, and they wouldn't want us conservatives, but. In the D.C. area, amazingly, it's pretty bipartisan. They don't really care your politics. There may be a few outliers, but I've been fairly well received by a lot of people. The local Orvises are great, and they've been more than welcoming. So it, it just depends on the area sometimes. But no, fly fishing is, is very welcoming now. It's not just this like elitist kind of lefty right. sport. Right. So all of us can do it now, which is great. And um, no, it's really therapeutic. And, and like you had probably seen with some of the photos I've been posting. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll add that out. Um, I've been, uh, I even still fish with a bait cast and a spin rod because it's wherever you can, it would be impossible to catch a lot of those bull drum and cobia on the fly. It's not impossible, but you can. <laughs> yeah. This is what I say to people why I fly fish because you need both hands and you don't have a place to hold a can, a beer, a can, a can of beer. There you go. You know, it's <laughs> Um, you know, it's great. And I, I remember teaching my son how to fish at uh, fly fish at the age of 10. And I don't ever think about it as some form of elitist form mm -hmm. of fish. Um, you're just out there having fun. Exactly. And I did the same thing with my daughter now. So they're both fly fishers. And, you know, when we got to go out there with a reel and, and, and bait, we'll do that too. You know? But it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of me, though, as far as getting out of the house uh, as a house of representatives. Uh, you're so busy. You're stressed out all the time. So when I take a, a moment to go fly fishing, it really is just an awesome feeling. Yeah, you don't think about um, Republicans or Democrats. You're just concentrating on that one fish. Exactly. That, that's how it should be. You would think those type of activities would bring people together. But there's even, I don't know if you how follow how closely you follow some of the 
kind of battles over, you know, conservation policy, but the Biden administration wants to ban lead tackle in addition to lead bullets, of course. So it'll make it harder for a lot of anglers or anyone who uses like lead components in fishing to go fishing if they succeed in that. Um, that concerns me a lot. So it, it's, and so they want to make it harder. And then obviously the energy policies, which make it harder for you to go on your boat to possibly drive, to go out to fish. And so they make it harder, even on things we can get along with them on to do those activities. You know, I think at the end of the day, they're doing everything they can to make sure we, we are under their control. You can't have too much fun. Um, you're, you're stuck in a failing school system. Um, you can't eat meat now. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is that when we talk about electric buses, or electric uh, cars, um, I remember in committee, we had a bill where we actually would allow school district to pre um, file for uh, a pre-approval for possible, you know, replacing school buses with uh, uh, diesel buses with electric buses. Well, first of all, you know, diesel buses actually don't produce the, the kind of pollution they used to anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember make, make, making my comment, I voted no on a bill and I, I made my comment this way. When you talk about electric vehicles, you do have to add child labor into the equation. Okay, when you got over 70% of the material, cobalt and lithium over in China, well, who do you think mine those things? It's little kids doing it. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms you want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.